Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's good? It's Trapping Anonymous. My name is Chris Dow, Special Edition. This is 100%. And as you know, if you listened to 100% before, you kind of get the understanding of how this journalism is when I tap into the real, real journalism, uh, concrete. Um, the first 100%, we had Steven Dominguez. Uh, he really talked about his story in the uh, correctional CEO facility from spending time on one side of the bars to the other side of the bars. And in this one, we have Lucy. Um, I drive past Lucy maybe every day and I always wonder what is her story? What, what brings you here? And in Trapping Anonymous, I try to get as authentic as possible. I try to get the real stories. I don't try to go through none of the commercial stuff and try to create a narrative. I rather have your narrative. I rather have your story. So that's why we're here today. And as I start this new series, this new season, we have video, we have audio, and let's just do the real journalist, journalistic work. That's what I like to call it. So, Lucy, how are you today? Feeling good. Feeling good. Um, tell me a story. So, from the streets, I've been on the streets since 2000, and my mother died September 2016. I ended up on the streets February maybe around May, May 2017. So what was in February? February, I was given four months. Right. And February was the last time, the ending of February was the last time for me to vacate the premises. Okay. And I was told that if I stayed, that they would call in the marshals and they would have and to doing all that, come yeah. out of the, the apartment. Now, I didn't have the funds to say to like really, Yeah. because they were my mother's furniture to really get rid of the furniture on time. I right. I the time, so. It's like, is it that you leave the furniture in the, in the apartment and you walk away, or you kind of work within the time frame? And my friend was there, she assisted me really well, was appreciative of it. We were able to put away the furniture, get rid of some of them, yeah. that sold some of them that we, we didn't really need or we didn't have a place for, and then move on. But then I, after that, I ended up on the streets. And you said that was 2016? That was, my mother died 2016. I ended up on the street. Probably about May, April or May 2017. 2017, and we're in 2021 right now. So you've approximately been on uh, the streets, as you put it, for 18, 19, 20, 21. Four years. Four years, off and on, spending time here with different friends here and there. But I can say for the most part, maybe three, three, three years or so. I could imagine that that takes an insurmountable um, insurmountable amount of courage just to be able to you know i mean new york is cold in the winter yes. you know what i'm saying people are violent people are dang like the streets is just a dangerous place and for a woman i could only imagine how you navigate 
What is the what is your biggest challenge about living on the streets? Actually, this whole thing has been my greatest fear. Really? It has been my greatest fear because you move from a shelter place to mm. being totally exposed out on the streets. Mm. So therefore, a lot of things kind of rattle your nerves. There's a psych component that also goes along with that because that's a big safety issue. Yeah, for sure. About. Where you underneath a roof, you come in your house, you have no problem, though you may have burglars. But on the streets, you're faced with every sort of thing. I don't even like bugs. <laughs> let alone, let alone have somebody walk past me and think that they could, you know, try me. You know what I'm saying? I don't even like bugs. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just like that environment has to test your mind. And I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of I'm guilty of walking past people on the street and thinking they okay yes. and thinking they got it together and thinking they're used to it and, and thinking as I'm as I'm, I'm it's sort of like this selfish sort of mentality like they'll be okay they, they'll figure it out they've been here this is just when I when I walk past I'm like they're okay they don't really okay they need a dollar or they need this they need that or do you want food or stuff like that but even y'all think of outside the same way I think of outside. <laughs> you you think of being out here the same way. It's the same. And we kind of spoke and you kind of said, you know, I don't like how people sort of act like I don't exist. Yes. It seems like, it seems like for me, and I can say for everybody else, the same way you express it, we feel invisible. We wow. feel that we don't have a voice. Wow. We feel like our rights are being violated. Wow. And I'm not going to lie on that. Because it's like a lot of times you are faced where on the different roof you're safe. You don't have to worry about anything. Where it's like you have to worry about each and everything that comes in contact with you. So a lot of the homeless population I notice have a huge side component. There's a huge side component that goes along with it because of a rejection. Rejection yeah. of people as being yeah. like being in this dehumanizing situation yeah. where we feel like there's no care, there's no compassion. Yeah. Do and you have do you have these these moments where you just feel like giving up? Do you have these moments where you just feel like you can't take it no more? Do you like I to be honest with you, it crosses my mind, but it is not something that I really focus on because every day I develop a plan for myself to yeah. occupy my time. I'm aware of who I am. Yeah. And I think that's the greatest mistake that some people are not aware of they are, of where, of where they are. They, they get sunk into the depression mm. of being out here on the street. Mm. So it interferes with a lot of their grooming, it interferes mm. with their eating, mm. they end up on substance abuse, mm. which I do smoke my cigarettes, which is a substance abuse, mm -hmm. but they end up on certain things which kind of even further pushes them away from taking mm. care of their basic needs. Because it's yeah. like, for me, it's like if family and the friends doesn't care when you're in a certain particular situation mm -hmm. to come and pull you out of it. It's like for them, they don't feel a sense of anything. Yeah. So they kind of get withdrawn back. When, I see, when I see you, 
I don't even, I wouldn't even think you were homeless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wouldn't even think you, you see, you look like you still take showers. You look like you still put together. You look like you still have your right mind. You know what I'm saying? So when you speak about that psych component, I'm like, you are just, to me, I felt so compelled to speak to you because you were just so unconventional to what I see. And I sit back and just to go back to the depression part, I think that I'm depressed sometimes. I think that sometimes it'll be easier to not do this anymore. It'll be easier for me to wake up no longer here than to wake up and deal with the stresses and the things that I got to deal with back in my home. But it's like life has its ups and downs. Yeah. There's nothing in life that doesn't coexist. Positive doesn't coexist without a negative. Absolutely. So therefore, it's like if you're aware of the negative, you can handle the positive. Yeah. It's when we kind of have things where, and not when we kind of have things where we can bring on the stress ourselves, yeah. but for the fact that if you have a sense of awareness yeah. of where you are, you are always attuned to what's next to you, in front of you, beyond. You always anticipating something, the thought is always going along that journey. Yeah. So therefore, your interest is going to be on, as you walk through that journey, whatever comes into that awareness, and then you make the connections as you go along. I saw you writing, writing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you writing um, on, on your notepad when I approached. Um, would you like to share, like, not verbatim what it says, but just what, is the, what are these things that you write? I like to write because I call it my my OCD. It's an obsessive compulsive um, disorder, but it was it's exactly what keeps me calm. Right. Because I see a lot, and there are times when you cannot speak, and there are things that because I'm on a, also on a spiritual journey. There are things that God allows me to see to make the connection with because it was underneath once underneath the roof. I had a job, a great job. And now I'm out here on the streets. Mm. So I'm making that connection with what it is that is going on that impacts us in the way to kind of like have us out here on the streets in critical conditions that we are. So yeah. being that I have a nursing background, that also helps a lot. Yeah. A lot. But I am not a foreigner to the depression. The only yeah. thing that I don't, the things that I believe yeah. will create that type of circumstance for me, yeah. I take care of it before it becomes a problem. What I really hate is the fact that sometimes it's like because some of us are out here homeless on the street, some people offer you food from their mouth. Oh, wow. I really hate that. Some people look at the fact that automatically they stigmatize you and they have stereotypical behaviors where they assume that you have a... You're smoking the crack pipes. You have yeah. a serious drug addiction. Yeah. Or maybe that you're seriously, some of them are ill mentally, but you have a mental, mental illness that they cannot approach you to extend the hand. Wow. And I always say to people, please don't give people food from your mouth because if it is something that you wouldn't eat as a person, you shouldn't offer it to any homeless person. A dollar, 
drugs, even if they may be on substance abuse, they need to eat. <laughs> and some of them, yeah. and then I'll tell you the story about myself. I have never been a smoker in my life. Wow. But I ended up on cigarettes. I don't recommend it to anybody. Yeah. But it's like I do it for particular reasons and for particular purposes. I'm never going to promote it. It's not a great thing to do. So please don't take my word for that. But it's like as you become on the streets, you have to find behavioral modification. You have to find ways of channeling your energy, ways of distressing yourself. Yeah. And it is much more difficult without the exposure of those things that are readily available that some people secretly use yeah. in their room. Yeah. But you see it out here in the streets yeah. as their most pivotal problems yeah. and issues, which is not. What, what's the what's the hardest the hardest part of all this? What is the hardest thing to deal with? What plagues you when you like sort of go to sleep? Like what is, what is that thing that you know my heart goes out. Though I'm in the situation as well, my heart goes out to the other people that I meet down on the street because a lot of times sometimes they don't have it. The welfare program doesn't give them enough funds because I've been on welfare. 200 and something dollars if you have to buy a meal every day it doesn't allow you to buy a meal for a whole month unless you're nicking little and little and little by it so for me i always like when people hand them over something a dollar or two doesn't hurt you understand some people i've met some people out there that's homeless that's really really very very honest though they have money in their hands they still beg but they tell me i need it for me to eat and i've come to realize that if today they have a meal tomorrow they don't have a meal hmm. So though they may say, okay, I want to get some drugs with it because maybe the drugs will put them, you understand, put them out of their mind. But some of them are genuinely real and transparent enough to say, I need some extra money. So please give an extra hand, a dollar. You understand? If you so don't even as I'm, them, I'm asking you, I'm asking you. dollars doesn't hurt out of the pocket. Your hardest part. And all you can do is put your heart out for other people. Because my heart bleeds in the essence of that, not for the fact that I feel like I am better, but I've had the experience of working and taking care of people. That's a When that. I worked yeah. in the emergency room, I worked in a small hospital. Yeah. We were the in between, the buffer between Mount Sinai and Harlem Hospital. Yeah. So we got the people that were regularly out there on the neighborhood the homeless people they were pulled out from underneath the train track. Yeah. These were people that I gave priorities to. So yeah. these were people that allowed me into their house and they taught me certain things. So therefore, it's like as I grew up on the streets, yeah. I always keep in mind certain things. I'm a nurse first wherever I go. Yep. Wherever I go, whether or not I'm not practicing it, I'm a nurse first. So that's my number one priority. How did you lose the nurse position? I didn't lose the nurse position. I actually retired from my position because I was disabled on the job. Because you was disabled on the job? I became disabled. Can you speak on it? I don't want to really speak about my disabilities. Okay. Um, but I became dis um, disabled on the job. I had a couple of accidents, car crash. I have a couple of medical issues. What's a car crash? A car crash, a car accident. Okay, car crash. Yeah, okay. car accident. Um, I guess um, I just have problems with my feet. Yeah. So it's like, it kind of 
over the over the over the course of the years. Yeah. You understand? It's like you work as a nurse, but it was places where I kind of like I've had them, I've had those issues for ongoing issues, but I kind of neglected it myself. So Would they be like, mental issues or physical issues? Physical issues. Mentally, we all have a mental problem. Okay, we that's all interesting. We all have a mental problem, but I really had, I, just being out here, it has a huge side component. That's really changed me. Hell yeah. Because the times when I used to be nice and I had the patience and, and it's like, I can, you can really sit down and you can really do certain things. Now it's like, it's all about this hypervigilance behavior you become paranoid because it's like you get so much coming at you you understand everybody you feels like an enemy people feel like they own the streets they yep. own what's going on around yeah no, there's no breaking and enter into their buildings it's like yeah people don't like us yeah you know camouflage in the area so it becomes a problematic thing for certain people so even when i come outside i'm always turning around i'm always watching my back i'm always trying to make sure Nobody's running up on me and this, that, and the third. So to live with this every single day, and I, and I can't stress enough being a woman, I could only imagine, I'm gonna let this uh, siren pass. As we're talking about safety, sirens go off. But I could only imagine the, the mentality that this puts you in, how sort of maybe aggressive you become and how standoffish you you sort of you know become towards people what about your family do you have like do, do does family walk past you do do they ever come by do they stop by do you, are they ever even around like family is around and i think you know a lot of people cannot understand how i left from nursing to being out on the streets because for me i None of their business, number one. Not every not every circumstance call that you give people the details of your life. You understand? You wait and see who's going to be available to extend that hand. That's when you get to know who's who among you. I first when I was out on the streets, I met a few family members, not direct family members, like relatives. You know, they assisted me very well. They got me up on my on my feet, they got things going for me a little bit. But then it also poses a huge problem in your, in your life because when you leave the street and you come into their home, there's a type of control that automatically people think that, you know, you're cursed, you're out there on the streets, that you are no good person, they want to take you to church, you have to follow their rules in their house, they want to infringe on your rights. And I had a problem with family members where there was too much advice, too, much, too many things that I cannot take. I couldn't take it, so I had to let go of the family and be on my own. Now, am I ever going to talk to family and include them in my life? My direct family? Absolutely not because I think right before my mother died, I'm going to be honest on that, my mother asked them and she said to them, you know your sister is not working, can you please lend a hand? You know the first thing that came up in, the, in their minds was that we didn't make her disabled. So that means that was the response right there that I got. But anyway, like my cousins came, they assisted me. I'm suddenly sure they heard from my cousins that your sister is out there on the street. Can you please go and see what's going on? I never get that type of receptiveness from them. So therefore it tells me that 
they don't want me in their life and I shouldn't push for them to be in my life. So I kind of not, I don't want to speak to them, to be honest with you. One of the first things you told me was you don't want any help. You said you don't want to do the interview <laughs> if it meant you would be receiving any type of help, whether it be financial, whether it be whatever kind of help. You said, I, this is not a pity party. This is not for you to feel, I want to sh share my story, but I don't want any help. Do you have a problem with receiving help? To be honest with you, let me, let me answer. Monetary-wise, I'm not looking, because a lot of times I think they believe that the homeless population is out there and exploiting their pockets and running a scheme. And I've seen it being out there on the streets. But it shouldn't take away from certain people recognizing when certain people have needs. Because I go out there, they have times when they approach me, they ask me if I have it, I give it to them. And it's not a scheme. But those that decide to scheme in that particular situation, they give the owner homeless population a bad name. But like I said to people, I kind of go out of my pockets. I pick up clothes out of the neighborhood. I give to those people that need a change of clothing, that needs to get to the stores, to get what the food that they need. Because I've been in places where I've been put down. I've been told you can't use the bathroom. I've been told we don't want the homeless, we don't want the homeless population coming to our store. Maybe perhaps because you don't practice hand washing hygiene or you look dirty, you look gingy, you look I feel dirty. terrible, I'ma tell you why. <laughs> I feel like God has blessed me so much. And not just monetarily. God has blessed me with a good family, a good home, structure. And I don't do all that I can do for people in need. So when I hear that someone without finds time to give, finds time to do, it makes me think about all the things that I could be doing, all the things that I probably should because we all are connected, we all are one, we all are people. And if I have the means to do it, or if I have clothes, or if I have, last, last month was the first time I ever donated to a men's shelter. That was the first time I ever donated in my life. And I have tons of things that I don't need. And I don't find the time to look out for somebody less fortunate than I am. You understand what I'm saying? But the fact that you find the time and you don't have all the resources, you don't even have much to give, it just, it shows me how much that I can and, and still don't. What is something that you need? Something that I need gonna say it again is pretty much I like to take get clothing it has to be clean and it cannot be clothing that's like really stained and really because it's like for me if you still look a certain way you know the clothes wrinkle and it's full of stain just because it's home they are homeless it doesn't mean that they have to carry something that looks appropriate that they can have a change of clothing and they can be able to be out there socializing going to the stores buying their food if they don't have a place where they can take a shower or go and clean up themselves, 
at least they can change the clothes, throw it out in the garbage. Okay. It doesn't have to be brand new. It, yeah. It, it can be something that you. And this is a facility you want? Not a facility that I want, but sometimes I, in my location over there, those beans have um, clothes. I keep closing it. Sometimes people approach me without shoes. They have they need a pants oh, or wow. something. Because I, I know sometimes the smell, the aroma, it kind of bothers a lot of people, and some people quick to chase them out and say, you know, just get out of my store. Um, but it's like I hold the clothes. I give them a change of clothes. And they know that they can come to you for this. They know that they can come to me for it. Some people in the neighborhood actually know that I pick up clothes, so they ask me. They bring me blankets. They bring me different things. Wow. I distribute it as I want to. Um, sometimes I take it downtown. I take put in a shopping cart and I bring it to my some people downtown so they're warm and they have some clothes. They have something for them to utilize. If if I could do anything. Um, and use my voice or my platform for anything. It'll it'll be to get you some clothes <laughs> to make sure that you can yeah. help um, other people. You know, God is not done with you. He's not done with me. Yeah. You know, um, this. But if there's something that I can do, then if I have a mission, I'm gonna make sure I get you some clothes so that you know. Um, so that you could do what I feel, you feel, is meant for you to be doing, you know? Um, because I think that there's a, there's a reward in that for all of us. There's a reward in being able to do what we feel we are called to do. So many people feel that they're called to do things and never get around to it. So the fact that we had the opportunity to get around to it, I think that's, you know, extremely important. I can't I can't lie, you got a you got a setup over there. You got a couch, you got a little nightstand, you got a table, you got how do you get such a you know I mean police don't bother you, no one bothers you? People bother me, but at the same time it's like because some people in the neighborhood I've known them, I've been in this neighborhood for about three years. Yeah. So usually it's like if they walk by with the dog, they look out. Some of the homeless people, we have our own language where we look out. We kind of look out for each other nice. and stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's okay. But then it doesn't mean that you understand trouble is not going to come. Absolutely. You're not needed from trouble. One of the most things that, like I was saying before, that you get a lot of, you get a lot of um, approaches advances you get a lot of inappropriate Go ahead, you can be blunt you can be blunt tell them what what are, what are some <laughs> of the things that they say to you you get a, you, you get you get a lot of advances out here in the streets you get some of the young some of them you know out of out of their race out of their thing they just come just soliciting yeah. i have money can you do x y and z yeah. for me i think automatically when you're on the street they expect the language is mm. that you prostitute for the dollar bill. Mm -hmm. You lend your body over to a science, to decomposing science, mm. to get a dollar bill to put some food mm. in their mouth. Mm. I prefer for some of you to please don't neglect them when you see them begging for the money. Just give them a couple of dollars so they don't have to. They don't have to compromise their lives in that type, um, particular type of situation because they are targets. They're a real target for certain people that are out there on the street. Certain people that are loners, certain people that have impulses, certain people that have certain bad habits and certain 
bad behaviors and they cannot contain it underneath their roof they come out here and they show it and i see their face all the time i've gotten really really aggressive and really really harsh with some of them where you have to push them away you have to push them away because i believe down here i've been touched and sometimes people pass by and they kiss me what? sometimes people don't want to come out in your space sometimes people come up to you and they have like plain old flat affects or what you call people being catatonia where oh there's no expressions goodness. on the face but they're asking you to go to bed with them <laughs> which is like sometimes if i say no the person doesn't automatically move sometimes you have to yell sometimes you have to scream yeah, sometimes yeah. you have to think yeah. so for some of them that's in a worse particular situation than i am they fall into those loopholes where they feel that i must i have to be able to do this to get a few dollars just to get something to just to do you something. mean men will come up to you yes yes touch you kiss yes. you Feel on you. Feel on me out here on the streets. And one of the biggest, I'm going to be honest, one of the biggest set of people that I, that comes up to me repeatedly is the Hasidic community. And Jews. Yes. You and know what's crazy? <laughs> I did an episode on a dominatrix. Uh -huh. um, and she would tell me that most of the men in her dungeon were Hasidic Jews. And these guys were like, they want her to whip them, chain them, step on them, spit on them. They, they was into some whole other freaky type of... I, 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 and these, these are, we look at these people like, oh, they're so structured, they're so disciplined, they're so, you know, and these guys are coming up to you on the street and kissing you, groping you, touching you. Not them in particular, but I find their approach is very inappropriate because wow. they're religious and we all know that. They have their women. They yep, yep, come yep. and they're not a set of people that come out and speak to people randomly. But if you approach me as a woman, you understand? And the conversation is you sit in your car, you drive by in your car, but you see me in a sitting position you are like trying to call me over or force me to come over so you can speak to me closer. Or I sit over there a couple of times. Sometimes they come, they don't ask me, Miss, um, can you, there's a shelter down here, can we assist you with something? They all come to do the same thing or to see predatory work, to see where your mental brain is or to offer you to come in the park during dark hours, during their holidays, come and give them a blowjob or they signal, signaling you, they're giving you body languages, which I find to be very inappropriate because if this is, if this is your wife from the synagogue or let's say somebody else from music, would you approach them the same man or the same fashion? Now that is the relevance of that what you cannot escape with within your religion you shouldn't extend it on the outside because that means that you have no control of yourself you have only impulses you're moving on impulses outside and you're insulting some of us that is out there on the streets now where am i gonna fit into your hasidic life hmm. when you come to preposition me hmm. in that particular fashion hmm. Can I move over into your house with your wife yeah. and your children? Yeah, let me let me come. Okay. Give me a key. <laughs> let me let me let me go in the fridge. So therefore, if you have a wife 
and I'm semi sure I'm gonna be bluntly honest again the sex life is full because you have baseball field a basketball field full of children why do you come out of your religion just listen what's missing within your life what's the escapism that you want to convey to me as yeah. a black woman you understand when really and truly you never in your uniforms you never walk down the street hand in hand with me and show me off and mm. say hey this is my you only want me in private you only want me first looks that's gonna come up to me she must be a prostitute because that's the expression that is going to be within them yeah, from the Hasidic community that they are going to walk around and release that aroma and let everybody know yeah so therefore why come up with the inappropriateness and ask us to do things that are not allowed within your religion because if you go to your Hasidic women yeah there are certain sexual practices that they do not engage in yeah so therefore they consider it a sin yeah right? and if they consider it a sin why bring it on the on the peripheries on the outside and ask some of us to do it for a few dollars yeah a few dollars yeah <laughs> what what is um do you have any regrets in life what do you have anything that you wish you would have done differently do I have any regrets in life? You know, once upon a time, I had a few funds. When I was out there, homeless, I had some money, a little bit of money stashed out. You know, quarantine, I wasn't, um, kind of didn't foresee it, unless it was like nearby. Yeah. It was really nearby. So it's like, I went and I splurged the money and I used the money because I was not feeling well. I used the money randomly. I could have gotten an apartment, I could have made a sacrifice, I would have been underneath a roof at that particular time. But that money is gone. And I always say to myself, when when it is gone at that particular reason, I'm not going to knock myself down and say, okay, I should have made a better decision. Because I wasn't feeling well. So it's like, if I say that and I continuously say that, it becomes something. You understand? Yeah. All the other characters that comes with that, the grief, the depression, and yep, everything yep, yep. follows and ensues. You got to kind of like just... Right. So you just have to accept things for what it is and move on from that situation. You have any children? Yes, I do. I have actually one child. Um, if she sees me on camera, she'll actually be shocked. <laughs> Why? Why would because she, she be doesn't shocked? really know that I'm in this situation. Really? No, she doesn't know. She's a young adult. She doesn't know that I'm in this situation, but it's okay. At this particular time, I think she has reached a level of understanding. Maybe she may have an inkling that I'm in the situation. Yeah. I have not disclosed this information to her because I don't want to become a dependent on her way. Wow. I feel like it's going to impose on her rights itself. She has a life to live. Yeah. So for me, it's like it's better for her to kind of like focus on herself and not focus on me. What's something that you would tell her? What's something that I would tell my daughter? Like I always said to my daughter, no matter where I go on in whatever situation that I'm in, I always want her to make me proud mm. in this world. Meaning that she goes to school and make me proud. Mm. Make me proud because my whole entire life was my focus on my daughter. You know, I... I don't want to say make it seem like you know just because I, I spent a lot of money I invested in her that she's supposed to but at least have a reflection not for me but for herself because it's going to be what she will hold on to as she proceeds in life 
so of course i am going to as a parent i'm going to also enjoy that river because that was my whole kind of upbringing to her to raise her within herself to grow within herself how, how old is she she's in her 20s 20s okay yeah, she's in her 20s. wow um i mean i've never really spoken to someone from this perspective I think there's so much to learn from you. I think there's so much to learn from your, your story. Um. <laughs> it's so, you know, I really do appreciate um, having this time with you. Um, is there anything else that you want to kind of that you want to kind of say. I just, uh, people are going to see this, and this is not going to be the last time we see we see each other. And I am going to get you some clothes. I'm going to get you um, whatever support that I can, you know, because I am appreciative whether you accept it or not. Um, but I think it's important to hear your voice. I think it's important to hear you speak. But I also don't want to impose on your rights where you feel that you need to do it. But if you should... You probably help you me should, more than I could help you. No, but if you should, where you have, you decide, yeah. today I'm going to clean my house and I don't need this, I don't need that. You can just gather up a few things. Whatever you can bring, I'm appreciative of it. I just always say to people out there, please do not take the homeless situation. Um, the homeless people for granted in the fact that we like to further dehumanize them in the capacity or neglect them and figure out that we are not attuned to their needs that we have no sort of spiritual bearings in this world mm. because the same way you make them invisible they make you invisible as well mm. and in the worst way whatsoever so therefore i always say to people please just have a sense of awareness you know there are times when some of them they approach me i'm a nurse and I recognize that they're not feeling well. They're begging out there, they're walking in the hot sun, um, hot sun. They need something for them to drink to hydrate themselves. If I have a few dollars, sometimes it's down to my last penny. I give it away because uh -huh. it's not my moment. If I'm not dehydrated, it's not my moment to have those extra funds. I give it away to uh -huh. somebody else. Sometimes they come up to me for some particular reason, and maybe God pushes them my way after they have been frustrated walking down the street. And first thing people will say again, I'm gonna say, oh, they're gonna take the money and go and buy crack. And I, yes, they do have substance abuse problems, but they need to eat. They need to have certain things. You understand? The substance abuse yeah. problem is not going to go away. They're no. not the only set of people out there with substance abuse, abuse problems. Yeah. A lot of people have those You won't pass them every day. Right. And, the, and I've, I've done, I've seen it where people are constantly detoxed and they become the revolving door patient. Alcohol is something that cannot be readily detoxed. So please, it doesn't mean that somebody has to go hungry. It doesn't mean that somebody has to walk down the street dirty and they cannot enter a store to go and buy something. Sometimes some of them have a little bit of money. They want to enter the store, but they're not allowed to enter the store because they carry an aroma with them. So please, whatever anybody can reach out to them, 
you can sometimes you can you can go around and you can offer it to them some of them they're kind enough to take it they're kind enough to take it sometimes i get things from the storage out there yeah. that people throw out yeah i go through the garbage yeah i'm not a i'm not a big i'm like a little iffy about the garbage thing yeah. but i go through the garbage and i wash my hands afterwards if it has good clothing i take it to the laundromat i wash it and then i distribute if the clothes are clean enough they're coming from home they bring it to me to tell me it's clean i take it and i distribute it okay. and that's all i do Okay. What did you write? What did you? What did you? What did you write as 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 I walked up? I, well, I want to know. I leave us with this. This is just a little bit of note to myself. Okay. Um. What does it say? It says really today's interview is the inclusion of details of why a North General RN is out there on the streets, being across, being across the emergency room areas where we are touched by contact gives him clues with the eye on the camera when I'm told not to misbehave and be just feeds of a recording line I'll be honest when it comes to speaking out the vibes that often silence us in the next and withholding our secret lives to advance for what it seems so that's just a note a synopsis of I guess what I picked up around in the area um, I'm gonna take it and I'm going to put a signature on it because for me this interview is very real this interview means something to me <laughs> like I said to you do I mean the situation as well I'm facing my own issues with it I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody else but at the same time it's like I can understand and I can sympathize with them at their level I can honestly sympathize with them I can actually honestly sit down and eat with them. I can actually honestly socialize with them. Because it's like I went from nursing to the streets. Nursing to the streets. I've had all my properties removed out of my hands. I've all had all my papers withdrawn out of my hands. I've I can relate. I can relate. I can relate. I've had my identity stolen yeah. from my hand yeah. and given to somebody else. Where people question the fact that no, she cannot be a nurse. Yeah. But it happened. I get and they'll tell you, oh, get yeah. them go to the shelter. I've been through the shelter. You understand? I've been through the shelter where you take my things and you throw it away. You understand? And I've been through the shelter where you had an eight bedroom um, place and there was a trans, actually a transgender person in that room. It was a man transgender to a female. And I didn't appreciate the fact that he that the person was there. Because I don't want to say a he. They may feel offended with me saying it on camera, but it was very inappropriate to put him mainstream. Because for all I know, his his private parts could still be there and he was just growing just the, the breast. You understand? It's a violation of our rights whether or not they have it in size or they don't have it in size. He should not be in the room because clearly sometimes doesn't mean that he doesn't he's not gonna um he's not going to have feelings for the for the opposite sex or for one of us. You understand? He's still a man and he should not be in our company. They should have allowances where he should be in a thing. And then it was a lot of yapping and talking. And then you had to go to sleep and the last person talked. Yeah, it, it's like, like a lot of rules and it's a lot man, of... So you couldn't... Yeah, so... You, I was like, listen. You I gotta get out of there. the streets, which was dirty, to the, come and pick up a thing. And then you go in the shower, the water wasn't going down and it was all filled yeah. I, I didn't leave the streets for that. So you, it's I, better to live where you are now than to go to a shelter and have to 
fight almost for some sanity and protection than, than to just be out here and, and kind of have your own space. Because as it's I look, peace of, peace of mind is the most important. Peace of mind. But I see it, it's like you have your own space, you have your own world. And I think that is probably the most rewarding um, in that sort of circumstance. Um, <laughs> this is Trapping Anonymous. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for doing this. I really do appreciate every single moment. Um, this is not the last time you'll see me or hear from me, but uh, we will be connected. And if, if people are out there to reach out, I'll make sure that you will, as long as you're here, that, that you'll get those messages and get sort of that comfort or whatever that comes with that, you know? Thank you. <laughs>